In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about complying with standards. Sounds a little boring, right? Well, we're going to make it interesting, we promise, because complying with standards is probably a greater range of things than you might originally think. So let's have some fun with this. All that and more coming up in just a few seconds. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, episode 38. If you're new or just returning, welcome. Uh, just to set the stage, I'm Dr. Tobin Porterfield, and with me is Bob Graham. We're educators and researchers focusing our attention on soft skills and how they fit into the workplace and people's careers. We've seen their value in our own careers and those around us, so we write books, conduct research, uh, consulting, and are doing work through vehicles like this podcast to help people better understand soft skills. So this week, uh, we're going to be talking about one we call complying with standards, which might sound a little obvious or boring, but it's essential to success in most organizations. So let me frame us up a little bit. And when I think of complying with standards, certainly there are standards. And, and having worked in the supply chain, there's this group called ASTM, and they write literally books and books of standards that tell exactly what metal tempering is and how many threads go in an inch and all kinds of really important construction and mechanical uh, standards, which are critical for the safety of, of infrastructure and what we do. Toby, we promise not to be boring, and you're getting uh, boring here with all these standards. Okay, well, let me to frame that up, there's external standards that we certainly need to comply with, but also keep in mind there's internal standards to an organization. So there's, there's things like what's the right way to buy what you need? What's the right way to get your reimbursement? So there's internal and there's external. And by working within that framework, it sets us up for a different type of success in an organization. So Bob, bring some excitement into this topic for us. Okay. Well, first of all, I was thinking of some examples of uh, uh, complying with standards that you, we may be aware of. And people in financial services or the medical or me mental health worlds certainly know that there are privacy rules. You can't go, you can't be a doctor and have a person who comes in with a really bad foot disease and then go to the local restaurant and tell everyone, hey, Bob has a really bad foot disease. That's, that's a violation of the HIPAA standards and that's a violation of their ethical standards. And of course, keeping records secure and safe and protected is another standard that is an industry-wide standard in, the, in those fields. Um, in the scientific world, we have um, lab procedures, and, you know, in terms of calibrating your equipment. I was talking to someone uh, yesterday who was saying his son's working in a lab, and he has to calibrate the equipment every two hours. That's a requirement for that lab to be successful. And, of course, checking and rechecking data. And then if you're in the scientific world, you've got to document everything because you, you, have, you have variables and you want to make sure you track everything that can happen. And, of course, Toby, in our world where, we, where we're teachers, we don't share people's grades with other people. So I can't say that you got an A and he got a B. I also have to treat everyone fairly. That's sort of an unwritten standard in the classroom that everyone's being judged by the same criteria. And we also have to meet accrediting standards when we're teaching to make sure that our universities are held in good standard with their uh, accrediting groups. 
So those were some of the, I guess, what you would describe as the external standards. And then can you give us some internal standards, some examples? Sure. And I guess I would lump those together. Um, When you look at those external, I think we just touched on some professional uh, ethical standards might come from a professional group like uh, the certified public accountants and so forth. And then there are certainly industry standards. And then there's legal standards, as you mentioned, like HIPAA and some others. So those are, are some great sources of external. Internally, I guess I'm thinking about organizational policy, procedures, and protocols. So some are written things, and and there may be a policy manual that says, this is how you do your timesheet, this is how you record your time. Um, But then there's also unwritten standards of what's communicated when and to who, and how things are filed, and how things are stored, and how your office space is maintained. And uh, so within an organization, there are written and unwritten uh, policies and procedures. And I think one of the things we want to touch on, and the reason that these, this is such an important soft skill, is because what's the impact of me not complying with those standards? What's going what's to happen with that? And certainly from an external standpoint, there's a financial legal liability that we might encounter that might uh, cause us to not be able to practice in our industry. So there are significant um, penalties for failure to comply to required standards that are brought on us from the external world. But Bob, can we talk a little bit more? Can you help us with some examples of what's the impact on the internal or what's the impact for us um, not complying with our organizational policies, procedures, and standards? Well, I guess this sort of breaks two ways. One is, as you already described, if I'm not complying with the standards internally, I'm not going to be as effective and productive because I'm going to be chasing my tail. Or in the case of, I think you brought up reimbursement checks. If I don't give the right form to the right person who does reimbursements, I'm not going to get my money back for a while. And if I do it wrong, then the person has to come back to me and say, Bob, you have to include the receipt. If you use a credit card, you have to include that. You have to have the date and the time, the number of people who were at the meeting, what it costs per person, and I need an itemized receipt, and it has to be on Form 302B. That's a lot of wasted time if I don't know how to do that. If I'm told up front, usually in an employee manual or some sort of training, formal or informal, here's what I need to do, I can be much more effective. But I think there's also the um, standards within an organization that are much less uh, codified. They tend to be the ones that, you know, you just know that if you're the new guy and they invite you to lunch on Friday, your first week, you really should go to lunch. And there's not a written rule. And if you don't, you tend to create headaches for yourself because you don't look like you're a team person. And I know that... um, There was a company I worked for at one point, and if you were leading the meeting and it was a certain day of the week, you had to bring pastries for people. And I didn't know that. There was nothing written about that. I just watched the first couple of meetings. People always brought donuts when they were running the meeting. It's like, oh, who brought donuts? Joe did. Joe was running the meeting. Who brought donuts? Steve did. He was running the meeting. So I realized when it was time to run the meeting, I better bring bagels or pastries. And it wasn't written down anywhere. But if I had not done that, I think it would have caused me a lot of problems. I think it would have changed the tenor of that meeting. And I think what we often forget is those unwritten rules can often be very, very important to the culture of an organization. 
Yes, and detecting those takes a whole other uh, level of soft skills and being aware of what's going on with that. I'd like to take us a, a throw us a, a little bit of a, of a curveball here, and that's because we also talk about in our soft skills two other things. One is creativity, and the other one is questioning uh, conventional wisdom. And um, that's where this can run into conflict when it comes to organizational standards. So we, we need to reconcile then uh, being aware of those standards, certainly external standards need to be uh, met. But internally, sometimes there's some uh, policies and protocols inside of an organization that really are inefficient and ineffective. Um, could we speak to that for a minute? And, and how do we how do we manage that um, in a way that doesn't thwart our progress, but at the same time improves the organization? Well, I was going to say, Toby, that's a great area of, thought, of discussion, and we have the most extreme example of that, which was the subprime mortgage market in 2008, right? We had these lenders breaking their own internal rules and industry rules, and next thing you know, we have a collapse of the financial market and some people getting into some serious legal trouble because they weren't following their own rules. I don't th That's a very extreme example, but I think more close to home, we, we have to sort of look at situations and try to figure out what the right thing is to do. And I think often it's working with people to help everyone understand what the goal is and then building the uh, standards around the goal. If you and I agree that we're going to have podcasts come out every Wednesday, that's our goal then coming up with the standards, we're going to record them in advance. We're going to give time for production. We're going to map it out. It's just logical. And we, we built the standard, and you could think of how we do these as sort of a standard that just wraps around that. So I think when I'm struggling with the standard, my first question to someone in authority is, why are we doing it this way? What's the goal? Why is, where does this fit in? So does that sort of start the ball rolling for you, Toby? It does. It does. And I think at times we will encounter uh, standards that are no longer appropriate for an organization or the, the landscape has changed and the organization hasn't adapted for that. And, and uh, that can come in the form of uh, lengthy approval processes that aren't truly adding value and uh, being, uh, again, a, from a supply chain background, we always question for each uh, handoff that, that occurs what value is added. And uh, I think if we look at some, some internal uh, standards and procedures, we see that, uh, you know, there really wasn't any added value from that. That's covered in another area now. We really should be skipping that step. And so uh, I think it's also incumbent upon us when we encounter that is we need to honor that standard until the new standard is approved and in place. So you can't, I don't think it's, we should go wild west and, and just kind of do our own thing. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's probably good to question that accepted wisdom and say, okay, hold it. Let's, let's relook at this process, see if we can improve that into the future. But until we get a new, new process in place, we're going to maintain the existing standard. Okay. Well, why don't we take a short break, Toby, and then we'll come back and talk about that a little more. Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Hey, Toby, you know, a friend of ours that I was hitting golf balls with the other day was talking to me about our book, The 55 Soft Skills That Guide Employee and Organizational Success. He described it as a dictionary of soft skills. 
He also admitted he had only read the first three pages. I love that description, though, for a couple of reasons. First, it makes it important, which is what soft skills are. They are really important. Second, it makes the book more lasting, which soft skills are and what we're trying to do is lasting. And third, it makes the book the kind of book that you want to put on your bookshelf and return to again and again. And Toby, you know and I know we wrote the 55 soft skills that guide employee and organizational success with just that purpose in mind. So you can get your ebook at no charge. That's right. You can get the 55 soft skills that guide employee and organizational success at no charge by using the coupon code six weeks. That's right. Six weeks, all one word. You can use the number or you can spell it out, S-I-X. Either way, just visit SeriousSoftSkills.com and you can do that. Just go find the book, download the ebook, no charge when you use the coupon code on checkout. But hurry, because we won't be offering it free for long. Now, back to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. All right, welcome back. We've been talking about complying with standards, and uh, certainly one of our standards is that our uh, podcasts are going to be around 18 minutes. So uh, that's a, uh, an expectation that we've uh, put out to our audience. So let me bring us back to where we were and see uh, what, what sense I hope we've made of complying with standards. Bob, I think we've set it up that there are certainly external sources of standards and internal sources that we, we must comply with both. And that those external ones, depending upon the type of organization we're with, might come from a professional organization that has set ethical and operational standards. Uh, There's certainly industry standards out there. And the one that looms over all of us is certainly the legal standards uh, that are impressed upon our organization. Uh, But internally, it's a little more interesting, uh, a little more challenging maybe, and you brought out the term that there are explicit and there are implicit standards, and some things are very spelled out in procedures, manuals, and and, uh, uh, ethical standards and so forth, but then there's that unwritten set that uh, can really get us in trouble, and it's incumbent upon us in an organization to not just ignore any of these standards, whether they're implicit or explicit, and and to um, be aware of those and operate within that boundary. But right as we were heading into the break, we recognized that, you know, sometimes those standards have uh, become obsolete and that there is a need in, in an organization to, at times, adjust how things work. And that uh, we were suggesting that until the new standard is uh, developed and accepted, that we really need to uh, color inside the lines. What do you think, Bob? I, I think you have to color inside the lines because if you don't, you tend to get into a lot of trouble. And I think one of the things about standards that comes to mind for me, what, no matter what standards they are, is that most of the time we're policing these ourselves. Our organization, our industry, various people are not policing that. It's assumed that you're going to be following these. It's an exception when you aren't. It's it's expected that you will. So in the idea with the idea of um, finding some of those unwritten uh, standards, I was thinking that the best way to resolve that would be to have some sort of mentor in an organization that can sort of guide you through those situations. And I think these people tend to gravitate to the new people anyway, or they see someone who's struggling with something and they offer their guidance and support. And I know I've done that for people as well. And I think that's part of the organizational culture that we're really looking for is that the people who have that unwritten knowledge share it with the people who need it so that the organization can become better. 
And so when people are going, I don't know what these unwritten standards are, you, you probably don't. Most of us, as I think about it, they're, they're unwritten standards that I follow every day that I've never really thought about until right now as we're thinking through them. But I also look at people who model behavior in my organizations that I work with and in, and I see those people doing these things that I, I, I don't know of. And it's like, ask them why. Why are you doing that? Oh, well, this, this is the way we've done this. And yes, at times it makes no sense to the newcomer, which often leads to change. But uh, th there is a legacy to these standards that I think is helpful to an organization and how it gets work done. Super. Bob, that, I think that I uh, opened people's eyes to kind of looking at complying with standards in a different way and also realizing why it's really important for an organization. So uh, let's wrap up. That's it for episode uh, – <clears throat> That's it for this episode of Serious Soft Skills. Remember to get our ebook using that coupon code that we gave you during the break. Uh, next week, we're going to dig in on another one of the 55 soft skills. It's going to be client focus, which, Bob, I know this is one that uh, uh, we talk about a lot because it's a, an area that uh, so many companies, uh, organizations uh, miss the boat on, and it's such a, a great, impactful way to, uh, to change an organization. So until then, thanks for listening. Good day and good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday.